0: The topic of abortion is no doubt one of the most contentious debates of our age. In these two episodes, we're each going to take in the facts and lay out our views regarding abortion.
1: i'm michael and i'm david
0: and welcome back to the facing the gates podcast today we are talking about as i mentioned one of the most controversial uh topics ever we're going off the deep end starting out just to you know
2: get your braces, cleaners
1: and clothes hangers ready
2: wow okay um anyway i i uh
0: this is going to be a a two-parter episode i'm gonna it's for people at home, we're recording this as one big episode, but I'm going to split it in the middle because it's probably going to be really long. But, um, anyway, this is going to be a topic that may be triggering to some as Michael's wonderful joke has already, uh, set the precedent, unfortunately. Uh, but hopefully it will be informative, informative and fruitful nonetheless. Um, I will go ahead and say that to me, this is the single most important issue in America, and it is unfortunately a problem that is spread throughout the world. That being said, I have a lot of information to go through, so I'll be presenting that, we'll be going back and forth, and then we'll discuss the implications of these two views and how to fix the problem. Um, Also, a lot of the presuppositions that we are bringing to the table in this discussion can be found in our episode where we discuss our prevailing political philosophies as to what the role and purpose of government laws and rights are. So if you haven't heard that one, you may want to start there. Um, That all being said, I'll let you guys begin by laying out your case and then I'll lay out mine. And since I have so much information here, that will kind of lead the
2: conversation and kind of we'll have a back and forth on that. Want me to go first, David? Sure. All right. Let's start off. The I
1: am pro-choice, not because I think abortion is correct or the proper means to go about it, but the same reason I am pro-drug. Not because I want everybody to go start smoking crack, banging heroin. Don't fucking do that. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Don't go pumping babies and getting them sucked out without thinking about, you know, the repercussions of sex and the reproductive process and the vast means we have in modern terms to prevent that. But it is still a prevalent issue in politics and in the global ecosystem through this day. The reason I am pro choice is just like with drugs. It is very clear that even if you illegalize something, it does not stop it from happening. they made guns illegal in so many countries and counties and states. People still get shot every day. Drugs have been illegal in America for, let's go on, most of them, 60, 70 years. We have record amounts of overdoses, record amounts of drug addiction. Making something illegal does not stop the problem that is prevailing why i am pro choice and i've heard the horror stories from people i know who have worked in the medical field back when it was very much a even more taboo topic than it is today and seeing people losing their life for a decision they made in a mistake they made nobody deserves to lose their life or something they were going to make the choice to do whether or not it is not my my choice to condemn them or congratulate them. It's just my choice to, if you're going to do it, harm reduction is the key. But even more than harm reduction is spreading the awareness and the other ways to prevent these issues and to educate the populace.
0: So if I were to summarize your case, and this actually does get into... Um, a bigger topic which is principles, political principles, but to summarize your case is essentially number one, you believe that even if we outlawed abortion, abortion would still happen. two um, it is your principle of and I don't think you specifically mentioned this so if you don't want to go into this that's fine, but in our previous times we've discussed this you've mentioned that your one of your principles is bodily autonomy. And if you don't want to go into that, that's fine. But essentially, that kind of applies to drugs as well as abortion and whatever you you have, whatever you should do with it's your body. You should do. It. Am, am I putting words in your mouth, or is that accurate, or what?
1: There, to a point, that's correct. But then there's also <laughs> other stipulations, like if you are legally cognizant enough, mentally well enough. And mm-hmm. the age to consent to certain things. Like, I don't give a shit if someone goes from male to female, female to male through hormone ge- therapy, surgeries. I just want them to be of legal age and of developed mind to be able to go through these things. Okay. So, like, I'm not saying a 12 year old should go fucking switch to another gender, mm-hmm. but I am saying if you are of, legal and sound mine that is your choice to make not mine
2: okay
0: i well obviously we'll we're we're actually going to do an episode on that specific issue so i'm going to save my thoughts for that episode on that issue (laughs) and i'm not i'm not going to sit here and like refute all of your arguments i'm going to let you make your case and then when we come to that point where i can kind of push back on some of your things i will but uh david i'll i'll let you go ahead and go I imagine you're
1: probably just going to say, yeah, what Michael said. I mean, pretty much, uh, essentially, yeah, you know, right on the head, between the idea of uh, self-autonomy and the core principles of pretty much a major issue with, say, the need for abortion, and is both the problems of Abortions are still going, are still happening, even in places nowadays where they're illegal, and they're happening unsafe, and they create more cases of, say, like the mom (coughs) dying. And then, if you look at the some of the places where they're illegal and they're happening a lot, there's a population increase, and population increase is also partially due to the lack of,
2: say, higher education. So like even high school,
1: but yeah, so I s- pretty due to kind of our experiences, we do kind of, well, we do line pretty much in line with each other there.
0: So more people is a bad thing. So sh- we should abort people. Um, f-
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying what, uh, places that have less education have a uh, higher birth rate and stuff like that due to the kind of less stressors of the modern world, I guess you could say. And, and also well, that's just uh, a
0: cultural observation. That's not necessarily a, um, a moral imperative.
1: Um, well, not necessarily because take like the U S w- until, well, as we've increased our education, our birth rate has declined. Yeah. Um, In say like Japan, look at, how their birth rate is in a negative mm-hmm. essentially, and it's our birth rate's not
0: very good either right now
1: yeah it's not it's and not
0: quite Japan, but yeah
1: it's not doing well, so uh increase in the wrong areas can <coughs> also have its own problems now abortion is not the way education and stuff like that and having good food supply and stuff like that but that's an entirely different issue.
0: Right. Okay. Well, from my perspective obviously, uh I am very much in the pro-life camp. Um today I'm going to be making a case for that. It's worth noting that I will be making my case in the abstract that is I'm not attacking anyone who has chosen to have an abortion. Instead, I'm contesting abortion on principle as a legal quote-unquote right. Um However, this discussion would be very ill-informed to leave out assistance for women who are struggling, be it women who are debating having an abortion, um, struggling to care for a newborn, or anything in between. In the show notes, there is a link to over 20 pro-life resources for women in need of help. Um, So that will be there for this episode and the next one as well. That all being said, I will not be holding back on what I think about this issue. I believe it is... Uh, A simple case for the pro-life position can be made based upon moral common sense, and it can be strengthened quite considerably with a simple analysis of abortion statistics. Um, Now, abortion is a particularly interesting topic for us to cover on the show, because not only does it involve very important moral questions, but it also leans heavily into philosophical assumptions And the metaphysical presuppositions about the value of human life it also ties into several other issues such as the death penalty fatherlessness and poverty just to name a few and i think the ideological split in america rears its ugly head in this debate and oftentimes based on your worldview you can kind of tell where someone will likely land on this issue that's kind of an overview of what we're going to be talking about um I don't know if you guys have anything to respond to about that, but if not, I will go into starting to make my case, essentially, and we can kind of go back and forth.
1: Now I'm, I'm ready to dive headfirst into this, this baby and bathwater situation, throw them both out.
0: Oh, wow, okay. Um, okay, so the pro-life position is this. The intentional killing of an innocent and unborn child is morally mm-hmm. unjust and therefore should be illegal. So, as a Christian, I believe that all human beings have a natural, inalienable right to life, which is why I'm pro-life. As our very own Declaration of Independence states, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are chief among those inalienable rights. I preface this uh, that this presupposition comes from my religious beliefs, as I believe the prevalent secular worldview does not provide a satisfactory moral grounding for such things as human rights, which we've discussed in previous episodes, but we'll circle back to that more specifically at the end. My personal legal philosophy is that laws are put in place as a sort of moral guideline, and whatever is legal is morally permissible according to that society's standards. The fact that our society deems abortion a morally permissible act is a demonstration that something is wrong with our laws concerning abortion. I believe that abortion is the greatest evil that we allow to go on in America, and yet I find the manipulation of language to make it seem virtuous to be a disturbing, yet unfortunately all too common tactic of the political left. For example, using terms like pro-choice instead of pro-abortion, reproductive rights, and women's health care are all linguistic smoke screens for sugarcoating the real issue here. So let's call abortion what it is. It is murder of the unborn. Abortion is the intentional killing out of an unborn child. I believe that life begins at conception, as literally any science textbook will tell you, because there is a unique DNA code created at that point in time. This is not a religious presupposition. It is a scientific and empirically demonstrated one. I'm sure you guys probably have. Yeah,
1: um, I have an issue with the uh, definition of abortion. It is not the taking of an unborn life. It is just the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, which does not mean the fetus is alive. There are, if you miscarry. So it's
2: not alive. Not. So what is it?
1: It, I'm, let me explain it can be a dead or an alive fetus a miscarriage is an abortion the removal of a dead fetus no. is legal, legal, legally yeah, legally it is. it's an abortion there is there's a recent case in a slavic country where a lady died from having to carry a dead fetus to mm-hmm. term it, to term because abortion was illegal because the legal definition of abortion does not regard the life whether the fetus is alive dead because if you if the fetus is dead it's no longer life it's dead I
0: I think we can all agree that in cases of miscarriage that is not the same thing as intentionally ending a pregnancy and so whether that is a legal whether it's a matter of well exactly whether that's uh, a matter of changing legal definitions to allow for miscarriages, which, I mean, you can't not allow for miscarriages because miscarriages are going to happen.
1: But they have arrested people for miscarrying a fetus and put them in jail for life in several countries. And there have been cases brought against... I'm not arguing for that. And there's My my case isn't against miscarriages. I know. Yeah, but But there's been cases in America where women have been... had had litigation brought against them for having a miscarriage. Yeah, because that's what it is. And the idea of either way of precedent being set can possibly lead to the slippery slope where one or the other happens. Yeah. That's a problem with our laws. That's a problem with legal systems in general is they're usually extremely binary. For good reason for some things, like, but then they allow slippery slopes to happen. Like what drug laws, you can get 25 years for carrying an ounce of pot, or you can get five
2: years for diddling a kid. So, essentially what you're saying, if we, if we get off the topic of
0: miscarriage, because we're essentially on the same page about miscarriage. When it comes to abortion, you guys disagree that abortion is the intentional ending of a human life.
1: Yeah, medically it's ending a pregnancy either. Okay, that's the the same thing. Why are we making a distinction? Because that is is the legal definition. Is if the fetus is alive or dead and removed from the mother, that is terminating the pregnancy. That's why we're making this definition. Because legally, there's no difference. In places where they've already made these legal changes, they haven't made this difference. There is no difference in abortion. In the definition, it's a termination of a pregnancy, whether the fetus is alive, dead, or even if it's culpable.
2: So to, and well, mis- we'll, talk, we'll talk about that yeah.
1: part later, but go ahead. And, and the statistics brought up, they don't say whether the fetus was alive or dead, or because if you have a miscarriage in a hospital, or you go to an hospital for a miscarriage. and Some of them specify,
0: is, some of them don't.
1: For broad, broadly, they don't. It's still I have some on the paperwork that specify. But on the medical we'll paperwork medical. you get, it's still charged as an abortion.
2: Okay, so this is this is gonna. We'll go ahead and go
0: into this rabbit trail. Just because it's kind of already there. Oops, sorry. Um, would you make a distinction? between is there a certain point in which a pregnancy where a the child is considered alive in your view is there a distinction between human and person or is just the simple common sense thing to say a baby is a baby is a baby
1: the way i look at it and obviously this is my skewed viewpoint because i can't have a child i mm. physically can't carry one is if you can take it out of the mother and with normal terms, it can survive. Even if it's on a ventilator with IVs and shit, if it can survive, then it is a baby. If it has developed, I look at the legal term for a fetus, which is legal through homicide investigations, murder investigations, things like that. When it has developed lung tissue, that's usually one of the last things to develop. That is when it is legally considered a person. So Hmm. then if you terminate it, that is murder. That is homicide. So if you shoot the lady in the stomach and kill her and the the baby at that point, that is a double homicide.
0: Yes. So that's actually something I was going to bring up later. So you would draw the line at viability, essentially.
1: Yes, because that's also, that ties into my belief on the right to die and and also my right to a DNR, which is a do not resuscitate order. If I am not viable, don't keep me viable.
2: I think when we make a
0: distinction between like a human and a person, I think that's unnecessary and has led to a lot of, historically speaking, it's it's led to a lot of atrocities in human history. It's, for example, World War II, you know, Jews were viewed as subhuman and eradicated in vast numbers. Um, in early American history, slaves weren't considered human so as to justify slavery.
1: The and, judicial system, you're not human, you're property.
2: Yeah, so that distinction... I think is a false distinction
0: to make because it has potentially unlimited
2: implications as to what type and group of people we can subjugate under the law. So I, anyway, I think we've gotten off on a rabbit trail. Um, Just a little
1: bit, but I mean, (laughs) y'all, y'all listening expect
0: this. Yeah, this, this, that's how this episode's going to be. Just because there's a lot of things to talk about here, um. So, is there is there anything else we needed to kind of address with that specific issue, or do we want to go ahead and go into statistics?
1: Uh, unless um, y'all I have any the, more questions for me, I'm ready. The idea about the kind of perception of pro-choice and pro-life are both uh problems because pro-life at what Because as kind of, for example, that baby's born, goes to an orphanage, gets abused and whatnot, but no one is talking about, say, the rights of foster children, rights of orphans with pro-life. At what point is that life? And what kind of like what, as you said, with pro-choice. Though with pro-choice, in my eyes, it's not saying, yeah, go get an abortion. It's, hey, you have a choice to make. You can keep. The fetus until it is a baby in you, and then have the baby, or you can have it have the pregnancy terminated within a certain time frame in a medically oh. safe area. That's kind of where I lie, so and the issues with... I have with the pro-life kind of movement because it's what just like say with the left-right divide, it's kind of back and forth where. They just kind of go at each other instead of being like, oh, yeah, here's some other issues with these that we could kind of advocate for, such as with the problems with our foster system, education, sex education, stuff like that, which I mean, yeah. we talked about some of those issues and kind of.
0: Right. So I will say that definitely when you say that no one who is pro-life cares about these other things, well, not, that's not true. No one,
1: but, you know, it's but here's oh.
0: here's the thing right you have pro-life organizations and there is a limit to what they can address as a pro-life organization typically speaking pro-life is relegated to the issue of abortion and there are other yeah. organizations that they might refer you to to address the issue of um the foster care system
1: yeah. or fatherlessness. so i would say it's not pro-life it's anti-abortion just as, like you would say, pro-choice is pro-abortion because it's taking that term life. And mm-hmm. when, the, when do they stop caring about that life? And that's also a kind of issue I have with a lot of uh, politicians that could advocate for more and kind of bring into laws is reform issues we have as well. Because, I mean, like our foster system is severely messed up there's a lot of abuse and kind of just doing it for the money yeah, i don't think it like is harder than making a baby yeah Yeah. so Which, the
0: other thing is um just as a kind of a forewarning for people we're going to be uh talking about some of the other issues but we're not going to really go super deep into them and we're not going to solve all these problems in this episode yeah we're, we're we going to talk we're specifically people. about yeah we're gonna we're gonna bring up the implications of it and that's important to talk about everything that it it brings up
1: we're gonna um, kind of build those spider webs because this is the a core issue but there's so many other it implications touches so many other areas yeah. and the yeah. funny together. thing is like the education uh kind of reform of our foster system stuff. We've talked about this a million times before. and We mostly agree on Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this stuff needs to be fixed. Some ideas, education, all that mess. It's just where it stems from. Okay. But yeah, so kind of as a report to your pro choices, pro abortion, pro life is, should just rename them to anti-abortion instead of just pro life. Because life is just a lot more than the beginning, it's the middle, it's the end as well.
0: And as kind of a rebuttal to the pro-choice thing, when we were talking about like the left kind of virtue signaling a lot, I think pro-choice to a moderate person seems more virtuous because it's open to both, whereas pro-life is more exclusive. And in our society, inclusivity is the highest good. So a lot of people who are in the middle who don't know about the issue just side on pro-choice because it sounds more virtuous.
1: And we've actually... Go ahead. And to tie into that with the virtue signaling, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm pro-choice or, yeah, I'm pro-life. It's another thing to actually try to communicate and try to make a fucking difference. Mm -hmm. We, as just three people, by communicating and putting our different viewpoints... We're doing more than most fucking people ever will to do anything about this.
0: This is a starting point. It's not the end point, point. obviously, but
1: it's the start of a a journey. You got to start a fucking journey somewhere. And even though we may extremely disagree with each other, Mm -hmm. as you guys will see, it all ties together. We're all humans at the end of it, and we we all have a similar goal in mind.
0: All right. Which we will touch on later. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things we'll talk about. So, I think that was a good kind of discussion. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the statistics. So, today in America, roughly 2363 preborn babies will be aborted. In 2019, roughly 891,000 abortions were performed. In 2018, approximately approximately 31% of all pregnancies in New York City excluding spontaneous miscarriages ended in abortion. In 2017, approximately 18% of US pregnancies excluding spontaneous miscarriages ended in abortion. And in case you're wondering where I've got these numbers from, all the sources are in the show notes so you can check those out. Um so statistics are important when we come to talk about this issue. I think it's important to know the numbers, but it's also important to know Who has abortions? I think it's a vital question to ask if we're going to find a solution to the problem. So according to the CDC, unmarried women accounted for 85% of all abortions in 2018. In 2018, roughly 9% of abortions were had by women ages 15 to 19. 28.5% were had by women ages 20 to 24. And 29.4% were had by women 25 to 29. In 2018, white women had uh, 10% of abortions, whereas black women had 25% of abortions. 51% of women having an abortion uh, used birth control the month they became pregnant. And the abortion rate of women with Medicaid coverage is three times as high as that of other women. Um, Now, there's a couple other more statistics I want to go into real quick. Another important question when uh, to ask when looking at abortion statistics statistics is why are women, women having abortions. According to the Guttmacher Institute, less than 0.5% were victims of rape, 3% were due to fetal health problems, while 23% said they couldn't afford a baby and 25% said they weren't ready for a child. Uh, there were other Reasons listed between those, but for the sake of brevity, I'm just going to use these. You can see all the statistics and my sources. Now, also, Florida records a reason for every abortion. In 2018, there were 70,083 abortions, and 0.01% of cases, the pregnancy was due to incest, and 0.14% of cases, the woman was raped. And in 0.27 percent of cases, the woman's life was endangered by the pregnancy. So, if you're counting, that's less than 0.5 percent of abortions for the most often cited reasons why abortion should be legal. While 20 percent of the cases, uh, women aborted for social or economic reasons, and 75.4 percent listed no reason. Now, why you can list no reason as a reason is beyond me. That's
1: for someone. Yeah, if they're getting a reason, it kind of makes an. Problem with data gathering. No, also it's you're right to say like if you you go to the hospital and they're like, hey, what happened? I mean, you can just lie to them too. Yeah, but for the idea of data gathering and for statistical analysis. But yeah, uh, like how you listed the economic issue because that's one thing, especially like in America. Is kind of a trend with, say, say like, uh, issues with gaining minimum wage, gaining gainful employment of just minimum wage, and the kind of economic disparity with abortions, yeah. at and least in yes. the common ground. Yes, and, uh, and that is
0: a bigger issue that we'll discuss further as the episode yeah. goes on.
1: And got any more stats? Because I got a few.
0: That's all my statistics. Um, well, I'll bring up some in other cases, but that's the the gist of what I wanted to talk about now.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and and I'll share mine too. Uh, I got this from, yeah, from just CDC. send me your link and I'll put it yeah. in the show notes. I will. I got this from cdc.gov/slash/reproductivehelp/slash/datastats/slash/index.htm for anybody who wants to type that long ass thing in,
0: or just click the link in the show notes.
1: Yeah, and. <laughs> 2019, 629,898 legal-induced abortions reported to the CDC from 49 reporting areas. Please note that it's 49 reporting areas. That's not everywhere. Right. Amongst that's, that's the
0: other thing about a lot of these statistics is they're not going to yeah. be 100% accurate. They're probably going to underreport a little bit just because. Yeah,
1: and it also or. is a problem with, un, with uh, undocumented, say unsafe ones, because unfortunately, even in America, it still happens. Yeah, to a lesser extent, among forty-eight percent of among forty-eight reporting areas with data each year during the twenty ten to twenty nineteen time frame. In twenty nineteen, total of six hundred twenty-five thousand three hundred forty-six abortions were reported. The abortion rate was eleven point four abortions per one thousand women, age fifteen to forty-four, and the abortion ratio was one ninety-five per one thousand live births. From twenty ten to twenty nineteen, the number Rate and ratio of reported abortions decreased 18%, 21%, 13% respectively. However, compared with 2018 and 2019, the total number increased 2%. The rate of reported abortions increased by 0.9% and abortion ratio increased by 3%. Similar to previous years, in 2019, women in their 20s counted for the majority 56.9%. The majority of abortions in 2019 took place in early gestation 92.7% were performed at less than 13 weeks gestation. Smaller number, 6.2%, were performed at 14 to 20 weeks gestation. And even fewer, less than 1%, were performed at greater than 21 weeks gestation. Early medical abortion is defined as the administration of medications to induce an abortion at less than 9 weeks gestation, consistent with the FDA regulation labeling for milfrazone, which was a drug implemented in 2016. In 2019, 42.3% of all abortions were early medical abortions. Use of early medical abortion increased 10% from 2018 to 2019 and 123% from 2010 to 2019. And that is the MMWR Surveil Sum 2021, semicolon 70, where that is found from. Gotcha. And please note, everybody, that is not all of them. That's not all the statistics, as we stated before. There's a lot that are unreported or not in reporting areas. So take that as you may take that with a grain of salt. Because right. there's st- still...
0: I, I, will, I wouldn't quite say a grain of salt. Like, it's accurate, but it's not as accurate as it could be. So yeah, it's a good starting still, place, but it's not like, you know...
1: There's still legal ones that were performed outside of the reporting area. There are still plenty of illegal ones that are reported outside of you're not going to report an illegal one. They're just going to find out either through medical doc documentation or they'll never find out.
0: Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting topic. What we've talked about, kind of mentioning the demographics of people that have abortions. It is disproportionately poor, usually black women a lot of times. And, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like, uh,
0: obviously problematic.
1: Like to go into that, uh, the, but we will talk health- about like,
0: sorry, I was gonna say, we will talk about two things in, in f- at a future point in this conversation one, kind of how it got to that point, and two, hopefully, how we can start working to fix that issue as a but, society, <laughs> right?
1: Remember, guys, right. we so got to do a this shit together. later
0: this episode, anyway. Go ahead, David.
1: But yeah, um, it's not a complete kind of step, but there is, but I'm just kind of paraphrasing. Um, for the whole, the global world, 45% of all abortions are unsafe, of which 97% are taking in developing countries. So people who are more economically unwell, essentially.
0: And if you want to send me that link also, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Just, um,
1: is, that, the, I wanna... is that the who.int link, David? Yeah, and scrolling down, I mean, they're listing kind of medical stuff with abortion, the pros of having it safe, the cons of not allowing it. And there's quite a few references, about eight of them, and the economic impacts and all of that. So it's a fairly more into resource, but you have to look at it and go to the bottom and read the resources yourself and kind of get that
2: which so, we recommend. So, okay.
0: You guys have kind of brought up two common main arguments that I think I want to kind of address. Um and first one is the one that Michael mentioned is essentially that if we outlaw abortion, it wouldn't really get rid of abortion. Because women would still have them, just not legally.
1: Yeah, like it happened before Roe versus Wade.
0: Right. So, um, to put into context, in countries where abortion is illegal, the abortion rate is 5% of countries where abortion is legal. not saying our abortion rate would be the same if it were made illegal, but that is the trend. And as a general rule of thumb, I think the less infanticide we commit, the better.
1: Yeah, though, to go kind of against that, that's the only, that's the documented ones. The ones where either they got caught, they had to go to a hospital for it, while a lot of it, it being illegal, happens in the underground, where... Yeah, you can't really report, it's like reporting how many drugs are sold in America, you can only report based on what you find, not what actually happens. And as right. we know, with say like drugs, crime, any illegal underground activity, it happens more so than we want to admit. Yeah. And also, right. it's an but inherently expensive thing, legal or illegal. As is
0: just a, as a general principle, though, the point it, that I'm making is you know, anything we can do to cut that number down is a good thing because we should probably just not be killing babies. That's probably a good thing to stop doing that. Um, Now, I didn't want to come out the gate with this number because it is very shocking. Uh, We were just talking about statistics, but um, to put it into perspective, Planned Parenthood has killed more babies in America, about 7 million, than Nazi Germany killed Jews, which is about 6 million. And the total number of abortions in America since 1973 is over 60 million. So that's why I say any amount of abortion decrease yeah. would be a good thing because um, it would be saving innocent
1: lives. But what's the date range for the 70s? Is it to, say, 2022? Or is it like... Uh, From 73 statistic. to
0: where? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, I would have to double check. It's probably 2019 to 2020. That That number is actually higher than... Seven million, last I checked, but that's why I yeah, guessed around seven
1: million that is forty going on fifty years, and so if you take that number, uh, to it would be let's just round round it up or down. I don't know, like a million a year, documented. Though also, Planned Parenthood also does say, women's health and health screenings, sex education, stuff like that. They're just not abortion.
0: Uh, they make most of their money off of abortions, and they use those other things to facilitate abortion. We'll talk about Planned Parenthood later, but... Yeah, obviously, the Planned Parenthood is the leading provider of abortion in America, and they also... Obviously, there's other places that provide abortion, but... All right. So essentially, that was the idea I was I was wanting to get across there. Um, the other thing I wanted to address is, is David's argument that um, abortion is safe. And if it were outlawed, it would become unsafe. Um, beyond the fact that it is actually quite opposite of safe for the child, it's quite lethal. Um, here are some statistics about women following having an abortion. Following an abortion. Women are 34% more likely to develop anxiety disorders, 37% more likely to have depression, 81% more likely to have mental problems, 110% more likely to abuse alcohol, and 155% more likely to commit suicide. Further risks and adverse effects depend on the type of abortion, but include uterine perforation, cervical laceration, Internal organ damage, internal bleeding, infection, hemorrhage, maternal death, and future pregnancy complications, future pregnancy complications, and more. So, while it is rare, it is possible for a woman to die during an abortion procedure. In 2017, two women died as a result of complications from an induced abortion. Between 1973 and 2015, Four hundred and forty-seven women were reported to have died due to complications from legal abortion.
2: On top of this, 88% of women who have had an abortion regret their decision.
1: To touch base on the mental health aspect,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Do we know if these women had access to any mental health screenings or anything beforehand? Because since it is largely for impoverished, I can tell you from experience that being impoverished means you usually can't afford to go to therapists. You usually can't afford to go to psychiatrists, to doctors in general. So you can't have these things documented. It it took me years yeah, to be able I to think... afford to get my stuff documented. My yeah, that's, depression, that's a fair traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Because I think it would also. For those numbers to kind of be placed in stone, we would also need to know, say, what at least like did they have depression beforehand? What were their economic statuses? Um, because all of that plays into say, suicide. Suicide's not just a you have one bad thing happening; you kill yourself. It's a yeah, multi You don't just wake up and blow your mind out,
2: right? So and that like, is that is a fair. And, uh,
1: kind of at the beginning with like abortion and kind of just in general with medical procedures, it they're generally safe, but there's always a risk.
2: Yeah. And I think it falls onto the
1: practitioner to inform them before even that date. Like, Hey, this has a risk here are a risk. So the people can be consenting to the, um, and have their risk appetite kind of weight. Well that's the, yeah but okay so there's well, there's
2: two
0: things. Yeah well say unsa-
1: on uh well if you want to go first or
0: yeah let me let me respond to two things. Number one is the point that Michael made that you know we don't know specifically it's because correlation doesn't equal causation is essentially what you're saying. Um so the source that I got this from was a pro life organization. The specifically um Did they survey to ask, like, what other comorbidities there were? I don't think so. However, um, as I've looked into certain pro-life organizations, this is a common service that a lot of them provide is um, mental health help because, you know, it is commonly known that women who have abortions have other problems following that abortion. That and is a, that is a common one. trend.
1: You don't get one because your life's all dandy and good either,
0: right? So that is a that is a service that pro life organizations provide, and they wouldn't be providing it if there wasn't a need for it. Um.
1: Yeah, I think that as far also- as like getting
0: down the rabbit hole of what exactly caused it, I don't know enough about that, admittedly, but I do know that this is at least in some part due to the trauma from having an abortion. Now the other thing I was going to say I don't remember it, but David said it and I'm just going to let him go cuz I'll probably yeah. remember in a minute.
1: Um well you were saying that there can be complications with abortions which I didn't necessarily touch up on but yeah what as I said with any medical procedure oh, that's there are what it was. Okay. there's the possibilities while Doing it in a medical setting decreases the possibility of death versus having it done in a back alley. It's yeah, not I, a I necessarily like 100% change to like, oh, it's everything can be hunky dory. You're all healthy. There can be issues just with anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was shown the mortality rate of getting my fucking wisdom teeth pulled out. People die getting their wisdom teeth pulled out. It's not at a great rate but Mm -hmm. anytime you do any medical thing which this is something we'll touch on later is i believe that it is the the doctor or provider's duty to inform you of the inherent risk of any medical procedure whether it's a shot whether it's getting your wisdom teeth pulled out whether it's having an abortion i think you should people should definitely be educated on the risk that any medical procedure happens. Cause there's people that go in for routine things and don't make it out. And then there's people who we hear about who should be dead, making it out. So, so I, that was the I, other
0: thing that I wanted to address
2: is that, um, essentially,
1: uh, there is, Oh geez, I lost it. What were you just saying? pretty much there's a inherent risk to any medical procedure. And how many deaths happened due to legal abortion within its time span from road versus way to current. David, what was the last thing that you said?
0: I, I was literally there, and as I was about to say it, it just disappears from my brain. Yeah. I hate this. Pretty much the... what well, Just repeat the last thing you said, and I'll probably remember it.
1: In short, pretty much... uh. Uh, abortion taking place in a medical facility has a lower mortality rate than an unsafe abortion in a, say, back alley,
2: for example. Okay, it's gone. I don't know why it's gone. Um, <laughs> But yeah. That frustrates me. It was an important point.
1: It'll come but back. But it's gone
0: now. Okay, Um. well... It- The next part I wanted to go into is... uh... Real quick. Okay, go ahead. i got
1: one more thing. This is from Statista showing the reported deaths from legal abortions from the age range of 15 to 44 years old from 1973 to 2018 on the maternal side from legal abortions. And I'm just going to run through these real quick. Seventy three, forty okay. seven, seventy four, thirty three, seventy five, thirty four, seventy six, fourteen, seventy seven, twenty 47. 74, 33. 75, 34. 14, 77, 78, 16. 79, 18. 1980. 12, 9, 82, 83, 84, 12. 13. 9. 88, 16. 89, 13. 1990, the year, the number nine afterwards. 1991, 12. 92, 10. 93, 9. 94, 12. 95, 4. 96, 9. 97, 7. 98, 9. 99, 4. 2000, 2000, the year, 11. 2001, 8, 0, 2, 10. 0, 03, 10. 04, 8. 0, 05, and 0, 06, 7. And when I say the two years, that's the number per year. 2007 is six, 08 is 12, 09 is eight, 10 is 10, 11 is two, 2012, 2013, four apiece, 14, six, 15 is three, 2016 is eight, 2017 and 2018 are two. Note stops at 2018 from the age range of 15 to 44. Okay, so just just out this of curiosity,
0: can you the, can you refresh me on what those numbers were That cuz I missed the first part.
1: Those are number of abortion related deaths reported in the US from 1973 to 2018. Mo- mother the deaths of the mother.
0: Okay, right. So that's essentially is, what I was just to summarize that. I'm I'm not obviously it's not like that's why I said it's not common. It is possible for women to die from having an abortion and they will more than likely have some kind of adverse effect from having the abortion. That was the point that I was making. Obviously, it's not super duper common, but it is. There's kind of this lie that like, oh, well, if you just go to the hospital and you have an abortion there, everything's going to be hunky dory and you can go back to your life and nothing happened. That's not true.
2: Yeah, that was the other
0: thing I remember. Okay, I finally remembered. Let me let me say this before I forget. Um, Planned
2: Parenthood. It's gone again. Maybe, maybe I just am not supposed to say this. Okay, so, oh my
1: god, yeah, why? Uh bro, that's it keeps also, disappearing. Um, I swear. Wait, how? Wait, uh, what you just said—it's something we've actually talked about. Where, um first stuff like this, say like mental health and stuff like that. Education is such a good preventative measure because I mean, you don't get abortion just as you said. And once you do it, it everything's all hunky-dory.
0: All right, let me say this before I forget. Planned Parenthood doesn't always educate people. There have been lots and lots and lots of undercover videos uh, unveiled about Planned Parenthood, about them deliberately misinforming people or just not informing them at all about the abortion procedure and process. That is obviously problematic. Now, if you want to look into these specific cases, I'm gonna bring up one later in, in this discussion, but they that's a pretty damning case. The other one, um, if you would like, go on to liveaction.org. They do some undercover investigations on Planned Parenthood. Um I'll mention later specifically what those kinds of things have uncovered, but uh let's just say that Planned Parenthood's not a good company, obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're a corporation. The main thing with that would be, say, regulating and with, say, like, abortion services. Unfortunately, uh, in America, Planned Parenthood is the biggest. And, you know, once you're a private company, yes, they have to go through health laws and stuff, but the procedure they make and stuff isn't necessarily under, say, uh, the a full stringent law. It's just like, oh, yeah few things about this procedure and then we can do it. And so essentially a mental health, stuff like that. For lack of better terms, Planned Parenthood is put forth by the government. They were funded originally by President Nixon in 1970. That ending of itself tells you everything you need to know about how.
0: I think you can learn more by by learning about their founder, which we'll talk about later. So we'll we'll put a pin on the Planned Parenthood thing because we're going to come back to that. Um, so the next section I wanted to talk about is the procedures specifically, but before I get into that, I think it might, would make sense to just go ahead and talk about the arguments for abortion, um, which you guys have brought up some, I have responded to a few of them here and there. Um, basically I've brought up a brief of the common arguments for abortion. If you guys would like to just kind of. If there's any that you guys want to address, um, we can talk about those or I can just kind of go through them real quickly. Is there any that specifically come to mind that
2: you haven't already brought up?
1: I think all of mine for my stance have already been brought up and I think we've discussed the numbers, the statistics very well. So in my issue with the, legalistic term of abortion
2: okay so um some people will say and i'm not
0: saying that this is necessarily you but some people would say that an unborn child is just a clump of cells is this
2: something you would back or no and why uh That is a very faceted topic that
1: me, myself, am still forming my opinion on. So I'm not going to necessarily speak on that one because it's it's still an evolving door, kind of. Like my theological uh, and political perspectives. (laughs) It comes from the, because I mean, technically we're all just a clump of cells that know how to do stuff really well. That was going to be but, my counter argument to, it, to but, it, is
0: essentially that you are also a clump of cells. it's not necessarily. So, is it okay to murder you?
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily uh, the idea of like, oh, they're just a little clump of cells. I think it falls into the idea of sentience, which uh, counter argument to that is even though. That's the human versus person with,
0: distinction that we were ta- yeah. talking about for
1: Though, so with sentience, what level is sentience? Say a dolphin has sentience, a raven has sentience. Octopuses are really fucking smart. At what but level? we still murder them. <laughs> oh yeah, we still murder and eat them. So, which is bo- a f- good counter-argument to the whole "we're just a clump of cells" is we still kill animals and eat them. Is so a person
0: in a coma who's not conscious uh, viable? Is a person who is ninety years old who is dying of dementia? but still alive does that make it okay to kill them the problem is that abortion opens up a slippery slope for if if these people if these individual humans don't have inalienable rights who else doesn't by that same standard
1: yeah though the counter yours is we've had abortion legal since the 70s and we still keep say coma patients alive we still have a People with Alzheimer's alive, e- yeah. Even once they're at the final stages where their their body is shutting down. But I'm saying the same arguments that you use to
0: support abortion can be used to support killing other groups of people as well.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, especially with that one, it's the problem of where, like, the level of sentience and if it's a zero one, a binary, or if it's a gradual scale. Because either way. That one argument by itself can be very, a big issue. And with yeah, the namings, it's not necessarily the idea because, yeah, we're all just a bunch of cells. It's the idea of sentience. Yeah, of but material. also the counter argument would be, well, if I'm shot in the fucking head and my brain is no more, does that make keeping me on a machine to keep me alive? Because I'm technically still alive. Legally, I am still alive until they pull that plug. Which, that's a multifaceted thing we can touch base on later. Mm-hmm. But, everybody, get a fucking DNR. Get a, <laughs> a end-of-life plan going while you're young. Have a, have a both living and dead will. Yeah, that, this is a serious serious topic for me. Because my granddad had a DNR, and they went through it, and he had to suffer for four years. Because they brought him back from being dead. So people, seriously, figure out what you want in life. Get a DNR. If you want a do not resuscitate order, make sure you have more than one person who knows what you want in cases like that. Sorry to get off on the side topic, but that's something close to my heart.
0: Okay. Um, I would also, I want to challenge David because a couple episodes ago he mentioned that uh, microbial life forms on Jupiter's moons qualify as life. So, yeah. by that standard, how does a
1: fetus not qualify as life? Well, with that, it's the bacteria can self-sustain. It's kind of like, as, my, with, as Michael said, the, uh, basically a baby is a baby once it can live outside the womb. At the very beginning, it cannot, it is not viable outside the womb. And so there's lots delicious. of other
0: mammals that um, go through the pregnancy process like humans, but we don't kill them because that would be immoral.
2: I mean, uh, we, we
0: do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Slaughterhouse don't give a shit. Yeah. And we grind I mean, up baby chickens into chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. And also, we, uh, eat, look, we eat chicken fetuses. You ever cracked open yeah. an egg and there's a little bit of red in there?
2: That's a baby chicken.
1: hmm And also, say, like with that, the viability of a lot of other mammals, because they don't have as big brains as ours, is more viable earlier into a pregnancy. I mean, they hop out and they start running. They, but that's instinct versus learning, and that's a whole other topic. Which, side note, that'd be horrifying if a baby hops out of a woman yeah. and starts fucking running. <laughs> yeah, that would be
2: yeah, terrifying. Yeah, and I mean...
1: The culling practices of, say, our farming industry, meat industry, and stuff globally <coughs> happens. We eat people eat the loot, which yeah. is a fully formed fetus in an egg with with feathers and bones and organs, and they just slurp that shit up, which is disgusting.
2: Okay, well let's move on to the next question or argument.
0: Um, and this is probably one we probably should have addressed early on, just because it's relevant. Men should stay out of the question. This is a matter of women's rights. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm going to go ahead and address this and then I'll let you guys respond because we are all men answering, talking about abortion. Um, so there's a number of responses to this. First of all, men are being killed in the womb. So obviously it involves men. Um, also if you're for women's rights. Uh, what about the women you're killing in the womb? I find it interesting that oftentimes the same women who are trying to silence men on the, abish- on the issue uh, of abortion are also the same ones to give a mic to a guy if they want to talk about feminism. The individuals who decided Roe v. Wade were also all men. The broader issue of abortion involves men because it takes two to tango, and many men in our society have an inability to take ownership for their actions. So yes, this issue involves men.
1: Yeah, um, that's... Also, I'm an American,
0: I'll... and I'm going to have an opinion, so fuck you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one thing I want to touch about, because unfortunately, the American stereotype of a single mother is an issue, so then childcare all falls onto a s- single person, the maternal figure in our society, and legally has the most rights. Yeah. Um, or in, for, better, well, state for better or for worse. I'm going state in uh, South Carolina DSS terms, even if you're married and you can prove that is your child as a male, you essentially have no rights to that child. And that also means that if you just up and fuck off, child support isn't fucking support. You're just giving money to make a problem go away.
0: There's also a double standard where if... Uh, a woman gets pregnant and she decides to go through with the pregnancy and have the child, the man is kind of culturally expected to be there for that. There's kind of an obligation there. But if she decides to have an abortion, all of a sudden the man doesn't have an opinion and it
1: doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a right double standard. I think if yeah, you, it, you, if if you if two both- are grown enough to fuck and make a baby and make a mistake, both of you guys should have to deal with it. I don't. I don't think it's right for fathers to be able to be absent, and I don't think it's right for both parties not to discuss this. On the other end, as a partnership, if a man can sign his rights away because he wanted to have an abortion and she didn't, then if that's possible, it should be vice versa too. But also, both should bo- they both should have to converse. And discuss this because it is a, a child is a serious fucking underbringing, no matter yeah. what viewpoint you take on it. I think, in some aspects, men get off too easy on it, in other aspects, they don't get enough rights in it. So, I think I would agree with on, you on both of yeah, those things, skipping past the nuances <clears throat> of, say, abusive situations and stuff like that that can yeah, happen because then the per the person that then it falls strictly to say the mother's side. If she's an abuser or already the abusee, Yeah, the power dynamic has shifted. But in an equal, good, re- healthy relationship, it, if it, y'all are going to raise that child, y'all if y'all plan to have an abortion, it should be something y'all both talk to the doctor about, plan out, think about there was, both mental I, health gonna, and stuff I'm like that. i in one thing. You said healthy relationship. Uh, even in a, relationship where the two people aren't good for each other or yeah. they're pieces of shit to each other that is still both their child as long as they are not abusive towards that child or anything they both have a legal right now you granted also have a if the man's
0: obligation to provide for the child that you decided to create
1: yeah now granted if the man's a woman beater and she runs off I can't blame her because fuck that guy we all know there's more than likely we all know someone in our life who's been in a situation like that. Yeah. Or if she's a man beater and he runs, he runs and gets out of Dodge. He should also have a legal right to that baby too. Yeah. And not, be not, able to fight for that child. But in that case, if he can't, then I mean, if she's going to beat you every time you try to see the kid kind of yeah. understandable, not because not I've heard best. too many, too many horror stories of somehow men getting, guardianship of a child and they're fuck, fucking cracked out and beating women and the same for the women they're cracked out and beating the living shit out of yeah. their partner or their child and the man's just scared of losing their kid I I think on that end we need to just restructure this whole fucking shit yeah because child I mean, support one, and everything one because, person because uh, because if you get in a relationship and the roles are swapped and the woman's the Breadwinner and the provider, and she runs off. She should have to, and he's the one taking care of the child solely. She should have to pay fucking child support. This this road goes both ways, motherfuckers. You brought a fucking baby into this world. You're <laughs> responsible for it. It's not society's problem.
0: There's another um thing that I wanted to mention because you guys are kind of talking, I th- I think agreeing with me that men should have responsibility for their choices, um.
1: Yeah, if you want that right, you have to have, if you want that equal right, you have to have that equal responsibility. There was a, this
0: is kind of funny, there was a story recently, I don't remember what the politician's name was, but he was a Democratic politician that thought he could um, pull one over on the dumb pro-life Republicans, and so he made, he signed, he drafted a bill for his state. That he wanted to essentially, if uh, a woman couldn't have an abortion, then the man would have to be responsible for that child. And much to his dismay, Republicans supported the bill because this is actually what a lot of pro-life people want and are calling for. But. A lot of people, I guess, just live in their echo chambers and don't know that uh, it's not. There's this caricature on the left that, you know, Republicans just want to oppress women. When in reality, like they're just not even listening to what people on the pro-life side are saying, like this has been a thing that has been addressed. Yeah, (laughs) no, I think that falls
1: into kind of as we spoke in last episode and with. Unfortunately, people like the Westboro Baptist Church doing their kind of extremist methods has kind of la- made the nuance of the situations. Because I mean, I don't uh, say like well, you, I don't agree about legalizing abortion, but every but as I said earlier, everything else we similarly agree on for the most part. And with like that situation, I mean he he did it just to try to be a troll, but. Yeah,
0: he he ended up not signing that bill into law because he got bullied by his own side on Twitter and then went back and changed it.
1: Yeah, that's the issue with fucking politicians and the vocal minority. They need yeah. to shut the fuck up and let no, normal people I, I, talk. I would have just edged out the part about abortion in general and just been like, yeah, if you have a child, you got to take care of it.
2: Right. Okay, so... I'm going to... Yeah, and then there's
1: I'm uh, move on
0: to something else, but yeah, go ahead, no. Go on,
1: ahead. on the other hand, there's the Republican senators running of pro life that their daughter gets an abortion in Cancun and yeah, stuff like that. Uh, which,
0: there's a number they, of Republicans that aren't really doing their due diligence on this issue. Uh,
1: we've already spoke about the hypocrisy of both sides, right? Yeah, check out our last. Is it our last episode or the one yep. before that? <laughs> It's one yeah. of them. Check, check that out. We're all just progressivism. absolutely jaded with our politicians at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is one that, um, let me see. I'm just going to skim through my other. Okay. Well, let's, let's just go ahead and talk about this one, because this is one I know you guys want to talk about. It's kind of one of those areas that abortion touches, but isn't specifically about abortion. And I'm going to, Try and steal a Democrat argument here. They would say, well, Republicans support the death penalty, so they're logically inconsistent. Is that an argument you guys would make?
1: I, I see where I, and this may sidetrack a little bit, but it is inconsistent, but humans as a whole are inconsistent. I don't personally believe in the death penalty as punishment because. That's not, I don't view that necessarily as punishment. I see that as, oh, you don't have to sit in a fucking cell by yourself for 23 and a half hours thinking about the fucked up shit you did. You don't have to live with that anymore. Lights off. This world's no more. I, I, and I'm also a proponent for, as I stated earlier, get a DNR, have your end of life plan in action before it happens.
2: And I'm also, I I think if someone is terminally ill
1: that they should have that right to choose to go in with some fucking dignity but I don't see the death penalty as punishment it's not that I don't agree that some people need to be removed from this fucking earth but I don't I don't necessarily agree with the binary of that statement cuz they're both very nuanced and like the intricacies within not on the statement itself.
0: All right. So here's, and I might, cause I think you're kind of beating around the bush of what I'm going to say here. And maybe this might help articulate what you're trying to say. Um, part of it is not all pro lifers are pro death penalty. Um, The difference is this for some people pro-life is a principle that carries across all areas of life. These people are pro-life and anti-death penalty for others. Pro-life is not a principle and is relative to the issue of abortion, they may hold different views when it comes to different topics and different scenarios, the devil's in the details as the saying goes. So essentially it's a matter of principle.
1: Yeah. and, And also as I said with the last thing, it falls into the, say, Certain uh, senators, governors and stuff being like, oh, do this for sanctity of life, but we're going to murder this person. The state legally will murder this person. It's like if you say sanctity of life, just in general. Without any nuance, it drops out. Because I mean, I'm not for the death penalty. As Michael said, it's not the thing what our prison system was supposed to be rehabilitation, not just ending a life. Even though I do strongly believe that some people don't ever need to get back in society because they're, they're not fucking, though, I'm not going to say necessary charges, but there's certain charges out there that make you subhuman in my eyes, you absolute vile piece of shit.
0: Yeah, so also um, when comparing the death penalty and abortion, they're not even remotely close to the same thing. The argument for abortion is that an innocent unborn child should not be murdered. Pro-lifers advocate for rights of the most vulnerable, the unborn. The argument for the death penalty is that someone who has committed a particularly heinous crime and is beyond rehabilitation should be killed because it's better for society. One kills innocent unborn children, the other kills convicted criminals who are dangerous to society. Beyond this, abortion killed over 600,000 infants in just 2020. Capital punishment killed seventeen in twenty twenty. They're not because even remotely we, close to the same thing.
1: Because we made it hard to kill people in jail. Really yeah, America oh. making it hard to kill people. What a what a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. No, the the death penalty and the issues with that is a whole other topic because it, it has a lot of issues. Yeah. So
0: this is obviously a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it does tie in because this is this is kind of a red herring that some democrats will pull yeah. in an argument about abortion to say, "Oh, well, what about?" And yeah, like that's not what the issue is about. That doesn't prove your case, but I'll go ahead and bite and answer it anyway.
1: Yeah, because it I mean it falls into like a, as I said with the governor saying, "All life is precious." Well, what about the person that just murdered 24 people out in public daylight? He has a life not It's precious. precious? It's yeah. like Yeah, it's just that kind of broad generalization turns and stuff actually speaking on the issue and nuancing it.
0: Right, which is why you have to ask people like what their principles are because, and, and to be fair, there are a lot of people who haven't thought about this, who don't know what their moral, religious, philosophical, political principles are, and don't know like, are they pro life just in general? In which case, they would be pro life and anti death penalty, or are they pro life? specifically towards abortion because that's what it's relating that's what they mean like you have to kind of dig to understand what people mean
1: sometimes yeah because i mean that's kind of what i was one of the things in the beginning about my issues with pro-choice pro-life if it gets to the topics like as you said pro-choice should be pro-abortion and pro-life should just be anti-abortion i mean it would It, it makes talking about these things so much fucking easier Because it's in a sense, but also
0: um, people will make this is this actually segues well into the next thing. Uh, Pro-lifers only care about the baby inside the womb and don't care about the overflow of children in foster care. Um, Kind of like the last argument. This is a non sequitur and it does nothing to prove logically that abortion should be legal. But even if I grant that there's an adoption shortage, which is true for teens, but not in the slightest for newborns. Yeah. How would it follow that it would and therefore be better moments. to just murder the child instead? So um, let me, let me, let me make yeah. my case here and I'll let you respond. Um, if a child is aborted, they have a 0% chance at living a good life. If a child is put up for adoption, even if they have a 1% chance at living a good life, that is still a non-zero number and it matters. It means giving them a chance. Whereas abortion does not. Anyone who makes this argument Essentially, has to be okay with going up to a child in foster care and saying, mm, you really should have just been aborted, because that's essentially what's being implied. Secondly, obviously people are adopting children, but who do you think these people are? The ones who value their existence, or the ones that view them as parasites? Alabama had the highest recorded number of adoptions the same year they passed the heartbeat bill. Pro-lifers are also paving the way for early life care with resources for young families, completely for free, but of course, the media doesn't cover that. And some of those sources can be found in the show notes, actually.
1: Yeah, that's like uh, in, I want to say Sweden.
2: They, what they learned, they
1: stopped focusing. And obviously it's due to how their media goes, sadly. They stopped focusing on the abortion part and they were like, and they pretty much publicized like, bro, here's some diapers. Here's some formula. Keep, we want, we're here for you. They created that community and it came. And that's why when we went to the Lutheran church and I saw what they were doing for that, Mm -hmm. I might not agree, but that precedent is still very, very good to be like, Hey, we're taking this money. We're buying diapers. We're doing this. We're doing that. This is part of our mission as a church is to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I think on both sides, there's, bad faith actors who aren't willing to do that they're just willing to say stuff whereas one of my closest friends husband he is a pro-lifer and he dedicated his life making a lot le- lot less money being an attorney for children's rights because he said if I'm going to believe this and this is my conviction I need to put the steps forward to live it do out. what I can to help these. And I yeah. think that's the same for, that could be said, both sides need to do that and we need to stop up. Actually on. live
0: out your principles. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, because I, I love, I mean, using that against people that haven't thought about the problems with, say our foster system and stuff and that don't think about, Oh, well, if the shell lives and it goes through the adoption system, what happens? Because, yeah, 1% is better than 0%, but if we could make that from 1% to 100%, that'd be even fucking better.
0: That's a, that was just a very conservative estimate. That was just like, that's just, yeah. it's a yeah. non-zero number. That was my point.
1: Yeah, but it could always be better because, we have, unfortunately, there is a lot of abuse in, say, our foster system. Because people see, oh, this child for a paycheck, uh, give them a shitty life and I'm pocket at money. Yeah, yeah so also, just because also, you put a
0: child up for adoption doesn't mean that they're going to get sucked into the adoption and into the foster care system because there's actually a shortage of adoption for babies because people like want to adopt babies because yeah. some people just can't have children
1: or and there's a demand for that.
0: Own. There's a demand for that. Obviously, yes, there's a problem with them growing up in foster care and getting kind of stuck because yeah, it's not as easy to adopt a teenager, uh, yeah. you know?
1: I use it kind of just to bring those issues up because a lot of them unfor- don't think about. They just do like the general, oh, life is precious. If life is precious, once that, if that person is stuck in the system, unfortunately, are we going to make sure their life is good? Their life is taken care of. Yeah. So yeah. it's not and on and those, those sides, sides. We don't. We, we, and again, this is due to the media, we pinpoint on one argument and we're not willing to, like with our theological viewpoints, we've put them in how they affect our worldview, how they affect our life. I see the transformation you're doing in front of our eyes and living with your theological convictions day by day and changing. You're willing to put that forethought into it. You're willing to Go. This is, this is true. This is my convictions. I'm going to do the best to live live them out to the best of my ability. A lot of people aren't willing to even put the forethought. They just go, "Oh, my pappy was pro choice, or my pappy was pro life. That's how I am," and they don't put any more fucking thought into it. Right. There's virtue signalers on every fucking side, and it's sickening. Whereas at least we might disagree, but we're having a discussion and we're willing to take the steps to do something and at least get have these discussions start something somewhere.
2: Yeah.
0: So one thing you brought up was um, when we visited the Lutheran church, just kind of seeing the um what they do and the the organizations they partner with specifically. Um, This may date this episode, but ironically, this last Sunday um, at my church um, was the sanctity of human life Sunday. And so they kind of had a pamphlet um, talking about the pro-life organizations they work with. One of them is the hope clinic for women, which kind of equips families for um, unplanned pregnancies, access to women's health care, prevention, education, Uh, pregnancy loss um, and postpartum depression. And then there's another one that they work with called the Pregnancy Centers of Middle Tennessee which um, do the services such as free pregnancy testing, life-affirming, limited free ultrasounds, accurate and complete information on pregnancy, parenting, adoption, abstinence, and abortion, medical and social service referrals, Post-abortion peer consulting, um, and speakers for churches and civil uh, civic organizations, material for uh, material assistance for mother and baby, parenting classes, prenatal and ch- uh, childbirth education, for those experiencing unplanned pregnancy, dealing with pregnancy issues in the past, or planning for the future. So there are pro-life organizations out there that are doing a lot of this and there's literally thousands of them out there that are doing essentially the what I would call the few good things that Planned Parenthood puts out there and tries to say like this is what we do we don't we don't like abort kids all that much you know but essentially pro-life the pro-life organizations are filling that need and that kind of brings up the the scope of what a pro-life individual can do some people see it as their vocation to adopt some people see it as their vocation to help with you know the foster care system or whatever it may be but there is inherent limitation to the the scope of what an organization can do so that's why pro-life organizations focus on on that specific area and then other organizations can tackle other things just because it's not feasible to manage everything
1: yeah and that's like uh in the christian worldview you're limited as a church of what you can do and and you're limited yeah in theory (laughs) and you're but there's you don't have a billion people to go do fucking everything essentially what i'm saying right but what matters is that you're doing your best and you're trying to make a difference it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, pretty how much. Do what you do small. and advocate for what you, what you can. Yeah, yeah. and again, I, I think too many people, the vocal minority, again gets screwed because the loudest people are usually the ones doing the least. They're just really, they're loud for a reason. They're not loud for the right reasons all the time, like when people get on the pedestal and go i'm anti abortion, even though my wife had three of them. There's yeah. that guilt, whereas all the people who are actually doing stuff are quiet they they take pride in in doing what they do, and they are moved by their convictions, not by their greed or their negative pride. that makes right. sense, yeah.
0: Okay, um, so let's go into one last kind of counter-argument, which I think is important to address. Um, abortions should be allowed if they are medically necessary.
2: Um, I guess, for starters, I imagine, given your position, you would agree with that statement. Both of you guys?
1: Yeah, with the legalistic term of abortion. Cur- currently, the legal term of abortion, which I stated earlier. Yes.
0: Okay. So I would say, because this this does get hairy, right? Uh, There are obviously medical complications. Um, I'm not, you know, super well-versed on female anatomy, but I believe it's the fallopian tube where sometimes... Yeah, a tubal
1: pregnancy. Yeah, those can kill you. Easy.
0: Right. So um, just in general, the goal of a pro-life individual is to preserve life in the case of the mother and the child I'm not a doctor so I don't know what's best in every situation but in principle what ought to be done ought to have both lives in mind Um, abortion per se need not even be legal in these cases because there are medical procedures that can be done that do not intentionally kill the child Uh, Though the child may survive, a medically necessary surgery does not constitute an abortion unless the child is deliberately killed. So I believe what we ought to do is invest more research
2: into these types of procedures instead of just defaulting to abortion. Well, I,
1: I could get behind that, but the issue is not all pregnancies are viable like a f- a tubal pregnancy that ba- that can happen it's technically called an ectopic pregnancy.
2: Yes, that's what it's called. Yeah.
1: It can happen in the ovaries, it can happen in a lot of different areas and 9 9 times out of 10 is extremely dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Like it it needs medical intervention, intervention right? Right. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. And.
0: I think we I'm should not- look more into these and try and I, again, right now we don't have the technology to have a best case ideal scenario in that case. But yeah. I think we should invest more research into that kind of procedure instead of just being like, ah, well, we know how to abort
2: it. So we'll just do that.
1: Yeah. Uh- I agree. Obviously, I'm always down for more medical research of all types because it's necessary to understand. And if there's a way to make that viable, there's some women who try for years and end up having a tubal pregnancy that they can't carry because it Mm -hmm. will fucking straight up just kill them and the baby. If they find a way to be able to circumvent that and make it viable, that would. I think the general good and just even outside of the whole pro choice or the whole the abortion argument here. discussion. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like a uh, with for example, like looking at children mortality rates. Anything we can do to make sure it can happen is a good thing. Like yeah. we like can the find like, out oh, this child has a heart issue. Okay, once we get the baby, he has to go to surgery get these medicines, get this procedure, and he will grow up never knowing that he, 10 years ago, he should be dead. Or the fucking babies when we were kids that were born with their heads connected, and they successfully separated them motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. years before that, they got six months. Or like yeah. uh, last year, there was a pre last year, this year, there was a pregnancy that was Super, like the earliest, and that survived. And with medical technology, that baby survived where a few years ago they would have just been dead. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also
0: and, kind of a problem with the viability line is the viability line is constantly moving backward. Yeah,
1: which I mean, that's so, not a bad
0: thing. If it's, and we'll talk mm. about that actually probably later when we talk about the yeah. current case challenging Roe v. Wade.
1: Yeah, I think the so we, viability we line there is a stop point where it is viable or isn't at least in a mm, right now. But who's to say we couldn't put that baby in a little inoculator and then boom, have a fully grown human yeah, in a hundred years. Then getting into that is also, that also ties into economical dispositions mm-hmm. because in America, if you guys don't know, medical care is really fucking expensive and pregnancy is Expensive. It costs more to be born than it does to die. (laughs) You can get thrown in a Um, casket for a couple grand.
0: That was the just the more you know song, by the way, in case people couldn't tell. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But again, this is why it's a multifaceted issue, especially in America currently, because medical care is really fucking expensive, even with insurance. Yeah. Like just getting simple procedures is like five hundred bucks and that's after your insurance is paying four or five grand to the hospital, you still gotta come out of pocket for that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um is there any other kind of arguments you guys have to put forth or are we ready to go ahead and move on into the procedures
1: part of this? Let's get into that delicious baby soup. Oh, I hate
0: it. I hate it. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about the procedures. Uh, I think it's important to know how exactly some abortions are done because some people don't know about this, including the people who support it um, there's actually a video series that I've watched um that live action does where they go up to kind of people who are uh center leaning politically who say that they're pro choice um and essentially they don't really know much about abortion but Like I say, pro-choice sounds more virtuous, so that's just kind of the side they choose to side on. And essentially, they show them a video about the procedure. It's not literally, you know, a video of an abortion being performed, but it's a doctor kind of explaining uh, a doctor, which I'm going to go into his information, who has performed over 1,200 abortions, and it's kind of an illustrated version of that. Um, if That's you want to see those videos, they are in the show notes, but of obviously viewers discretion advised cause they're very intense.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's also, I mean, heck you can look it up on YouTube now because I remember just the YouTube algorithm feeding at one time, a bunch of people, the same kind of animated illustrated how it happens. And it's like, Oh, okay. It you, may I mean, have been I mean, these I mean,
0: videos cause they're actually very, very common.
1: Yeah. I because likely. I swear I remember Seeing something like that, yeah, which I mean, either way, if you support or don't support it, if you it's good you to know, be informed at the very least, yeah.
0: so yeah. that's that's and the objective with this section is I just want to explain to people what happens for people who don't know because
2: I didn't know for a long time. Um, okay, so again, viewers' discretion advised, brace yourselves.
0: Um, if you're squeamish, this is very gruesome. Um, so suction or DNC abortions are performed in the first trimester and are the most frequent type of abortion procedure. This involves inserting a 14, 14 inch catheter inside the womb and turning on a suction with a force that is 10 to 20 times more powerful than a household vacuum cleaner. The force splits the developing fetus into several pieces, which gets sucked into the catheter and disposed. That is one type. Uh, Chemical abortion pills are also used in the first trimester. The first pill blocks progesterone, which is responsible for stabilizing the lining of the uterus. With the uterus broken down, blood and oxygen are cut off from the baby, and it suffocates. One to two days later, a second pill is administered, which causes severe cramping and bleeding to force the now dead fetus out of the woman's uterus. The entire process is very physically painful for the mother. She may even see her dead baby within the pregnancy sac after expelling it and likely flushing it down the toilet. Uh, dilation and evacuation abortions are performed in the second trimester. This involves inserting a sofa clamp, which is like forceps with teeth, inside the womb, clamping down on the fetal appendages and pulling them apart from the baby piece by piece. The head of the child is usually too large at this point to be pulled out in one piece. So the abortionist presses the clamp on the head of the child, shatters it into pieces, and pulls out the remains. And the last type is injection and stillbirth, which are performed in the third trimester. At this stage, most babies are fully developed and can survive premature birth. This procedure takes three to four days to complete. On day one, digoxin is injected into the baby's head, chest or heart to induce cardiac arrest. Again, because the baby is so developed at this stage, it will feel pain. A type of seaweed is inserted called laminaria to dilate the cervix and the woman will carry this dead baby for two to three days. Day two, the laminaria is replaced, and an ultrasound may be performed to ensure the child is dead. If it is not, another lethal dose of digoxin is injected. Between this day of surgery and the next, the woman may go into labor and be forced to push out her dead baby into a toilet at home. If she does not make it to the next day of surgery, uh, if she does make it to the next day of surgery, she will birth her dead child at the hospital. If the child does not come out whole then a D&E is performed. The surgery in particular has a high risk of hemorrhage, lacerations and uterine perforation as well as the usual risk of maternal death. Future pregnancy complications such as premature delivery are all uh, such as loss and premature delivery are all very common due to abortion related trauma and injury to the cervix. Now Again, my position here is that killing an innocent unborn child is morally wrong. All of these procedures are evil and callous, and I sincerely believe all Christians ought to fight this. We don't treat anyone else this way. We don't treat anyone else the way we treat the unborn during an abortion. Oftentimes, as a pro-life individual, I feel like the burden of proof is forced upon me to prove why abortion should be illegal. After looking into these procedures, I would ask someone who is pro-choice, why on earth would it ever be justifiable to kill an innocent human being, especially
2: with these inhumane methods? And I will, uh, I, uh, yield my time. See, the only, uh, only thing I want to edit here
1: is the only time where I would see these as being necessary is again with the issue of what is life in the legal sense,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because if and obviously this is very far in and few in between. The only time where I would say it would be morally right in a worldview is sometimes babies are born with are still legally alive in their mother but they don't have the organs to live. Same thing with someone being brain dead on a ventilator. They're still technically alive, and if you unplug them, it's still homicide.
2: But those are the
1: only, especially for the last one, that's the only time where it is even, I don't even know the exact word. For it. That's the only time where it is proper to do it, especially. And I think most people who are even on the pro-choice side would say, yeah, those should only be done in absolute medical necessity. Like if the baby, it, if it doesn't have a fucking brain and it's born and it's going to cause issues for the mother, that's when you need to terminate. For lack of better terms. Right. But again, those are far and few in between. Even statistically, we see that most are done in the first part, which is the pill-induced, and the actually the first one you said was the catheter. Yes, that's the. I think I said that's the most common
0: one. Yes, the, that's the most frequent.
1: Yeah, though I know the uh the pill Session one is becoming easy. nowadays the pill. the pill one. I think is more common.
0: Yeah, there's lots of problems with that that I uh, unfortunately haven't done a ton of research on, but I've heard about. And yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go into that just because I haven't done enough research on it. But there's a lot of problems with that. Those two are the most
1: most used. Yeah, the third one, even in places where abortion is legal, those are usually saved for, you know, dire means.
2: But it's yeah, it's a very,
1: especially. The last ones are very, very seldomly used for obvious reason. And even if pro-choice or pro-life, whatever side you stand on, you should be aware of what actually happens.
0: Yeah, that's essentially, that's really all I wanted to do with this specific segment is educate people because that's one of the things we're going to talk about is education and people on both sides of the issue need to know what the issue is i think a lot of the time this issue does get um smoke screened by fluffy virtue signaling language and we're not actually talking about the specific issue itself and that's why you know it Pro-lifers can be accused of being gruesome to prove their point, but it, the point is the ma- the the point is that this is gruesome, and people need to know that it is gruesome.
1: And yeah, I mean, it, it's a medical procedure. Know,
0: yeah, people need to know um, how vile the procedure is if they're going to support it.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll I'll stand on that too, because even with like the death penalty. If you're going to support it, you should know all the ways it is carried out in your legal area. So, whether it's electrocution, hanging, firing squad, lethal injection, gas chamber, you should be aware of those just as much. If you are, if you have if you an want to be informed on the, on the issue and have if an you want to have opinion, a properly structured opinion, yes, right. And okay. I've get the same, the same as here. Cause yeah. that's how it happens. It's a medical procedure. It's documented. All medical the, procedures are pretty brutal. Well, at least anything. I don't that know about
0: ripping a human being limb from limb brutal, but uh, yeah, but that, y- you know, that's I kind mean, of a different. Yeah, of course there's, yeah. you know, um, medical procedures can be a little gruesome, but they're um, not pretty. We're, we're, we're talking about human life ripping children limb from limb we don't even we don't even kill people death penalty that way and he, you know i mean that was that's like medieval like we're gonna have four horses yank you apart
1: i don't know we just paralyze you and then let burning potassium sulfite run through your veins exactly you much more struggle. humane i i, I disagree <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: i was being
2: sarcastic
1: but... <laughs> or st- strap you up to the electric chair and just give you a couple of zappy zaps or yeah, the gas chamber <laughs> that one's oh, that's the worst because you suffocate with cyanide gas and all right well i
0: think we're hitting a digression um so be
1: informed people yes that's
0: essentially the point of this part and that is where we are going to end our discussion for today if you enjoyed this episode definitely share it around obviously this conversation is not done we have another part that will be coming out next week so be sure to stay tuned for that If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at facingthegatespod at gmail.com. If they're related to this episode, you may want to wait until the next one comes out because they may be answered then. Um, If you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are at facingthegates. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Michael's not here to help me say it's been real, but I'd imagine if he were here, he would
2: say it's been real, and that it's been fun, and that it's been real fun. So, see you next week.